Welcome into the Utah Preps Zone, your podcast focused on high school sports, particularly high school football here and around the Wasatch Front as well as the state of Utah. We are brought to you by John Watson Chevrolet up there in Ogden. Proud to have them on as our title sponsor of this podcast. I am joined, I'm Jay Catch, I guess I should introduce myself. Joined by Sean Walker, my fearless co-host, he of many hot takes. Sean, how are you, my friend? Ready for all the hot takes here, Jake. And you always mention, you always introduce us every week, week in and week out, like a faithful, loyal uh, manservant that you are to the high school football community, Jake Hatch. So first of all, I want to give you oh, thank props you. for that. I appreciate uh, big that. Big props. But you always mention the Wasatch Front. Uh-huh. When are we going to show a little bit of love to Region 9? My boys down in St. We give them love every week. That's true. That's true. We do. We love. Shout out to Region 9. We love you guys. We do. We do we love. Do. So right. it's not just the Wasatch Front. Yeah, it's true. We, we, go, we go over around the state. We talk we, about We go all. in, around, under, through. We'll even go to Milford for you if you want to. We will. Bryson Barnes, baby. What a player. All right, Sean, uh, let's start off our podcast as we normally do by looking back at the week that was in high school football. I think that the Thursday night result with Harriman uh, picking up their first win ever over Bingham qualifies as a good starting point here. First win ever. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, not only is it the first ever win for Harriman, but it's their uh, first win of the year over a what was at the time a top four opponent mm-hmm. in the state. Uh, very very good win for them. Uh, I, and I don't want to undersell how massive of a win and what what a big season this could be for Dustin Pearson. Dustin Pearson his Mustangs. I mean they just dominated pretty much every facet of this game. Obviously knocked out uh, Bingham's quarterback pretty early, so that you know mm-hmm. that that does help helped a little. Yeah. Um. But we certainly hope he's all right there. Looked like a pretty significant injury, but uh, uh-huh. we'll relay updates as we hear them. I haven't heard anything unless you have. I have not. That front, so. I've been wondering. Yeah. So that obviously helps. But can we can we start a little bit with the other side of that matchup and Bingham? This is the third time since 2005 now that the mighty Bingham High School Miners have taken a second L, a second loss in the regular season. Um, is the era of Bingham High over? Jake, your hot take. I'm not going to say it's over. John Lamborn has done an incredible job carrying on the legacy that Dave Peck uh, built there. And, of course, Lamborn was right there alongside him. He was the right-hand man for Dave Peck for so long. So he's been right in the thick of it since they started it. But, Sean, I will admit this. This year's team is showing some cracks. Is that is that a safe enough hot take, I guess I should say? No, that's some good middle ground. I mean, I, I don't think these minors are perfect. Um, in past years, you've been able to look at pretty much perfection all across the board, offense, defense, mm-hmm. special yeah. teams. They've had Division One players in literally all facets of that game. Correct. Um, they don't necessarily have that everywhere this year, in particular defensively. This isn't the same big, strong, uh, push you right off of the line of scrimmage yeah. defensive Bingham team. I think that we're used to seeing a lot. That being said... They're still going to win more games than they're not, and the two the two losses that they've taken this year to number one Corner Canyon and now to Harriman. I yeah. mean, those aren't two bad losses. No, Corner Canyon's in a class means. of their own right yeah. now. So what what I'm really what I'm really interested to see with this Bingham team is how they respond um, this week. In fact, this yeah. Friday 
this Friday night at home against East, a budding Region 3 rivalry. This Correct. is a game that I think even, um, you know, East has shown a couple of cracks themselves. Maybe they're not the East of old. Yes. Bingham's not the East of old. Whoever comes out on top in this matchup, I think, is the one that says, hey, we're still here. We're still around. Still pay attention to us a little bit right there. Um, and in particular, because after that, I think I think Bingham probably has a pretty solid path through the rest of region play. So it's not the end of the world, but it's also not the top of the world for the Miners. Yeah, I would agree with you in that regard. Absolutely. they. It's, it's just kind of, it'll be interesting to see if they can rebound. This year seems like it's a little bit of a rebuilding year. We've seen Bingham for so long just reload. This year, I think they're showing, hey, even the best programs, at some point, there comes a year where you just kind of have to take a step back before you can really move forward. And we'll see what happens with that. Um, Sean, let's also uh, move ahead and talk about some of the other games that happened last week. I, I I wanted to start off in one actually one of the lower divisions, and that's, if that's okay with you. I know you have opposition to talking 2A and 3A football, but, you know, we'll just... We'll leave that where it, where it lies. I love me some two way football. Three no. A, meh. Yeah, no. So there's actually <laughs> shout out to Morgan. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Morgan. Absolutely. But there were some interesting results, especially the two way ranks. Sean, we saw Milford a week ago get surprisingly shut out at at Beaver. Well, they bounced back in fine form, uh, forty two to twenty four winners over Enterprise. But more surprisingly, Millard stayed undefeated on the season as they topped Parowan thirty four to thirty three in a two overtime thriller. So some interesting results there in 2A South. Yeah, that uh, Parowan-Miller game was actually one of the more entertaining games of the week. I believe it's the third double overtime game. We'll maybe touch on the other ones um, here in a second. Mm -hmm. But uh, this one was stopped on a two-point conversion at the death in double overtime. At the death. This is not a soccer podcast. Come on, Sean. Uh Eagles over the Rams in Fergie time oh, God. with a stoppage time winner. And moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but this was this was one of the more, more entertaining games that you can get. And a really nice, um, we'll call it another uh, a bounce back, I guess, yeah. win for, for Millard. I mean, I mean, Millard's finally this team that, that they're, they're no longer hunters. They're now the hunted. They've got that top ranking. Um, in the RPI, one or, one or two. I think they're one. They're one. Yeah. Well, no. At, so this week, actually, Millard dropped to two. Beaver took over the top spot. Yeah, but but so so they get so they get that top RPI ranking, um, and now all of a sudden everybody's looking at them. Everybody's giving them their best shot. It's it's not this like everybody's chasing Millford or Beaver or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Millard was a little bit of the hunted, and I think they kind of felt that a little bit with Paramount right there. Yeah, absolutely. But, all right, Sean, uh, let's talk some Region 1, because, of course, we all expected Davis to be atop the region right at this point. I think we all... Yeah, predict- naturally. We all predicted that. Of course. Dude. I mean, what else would you What else would you predict? Okay, we're all lying, just in case you're listener, you're wondering. Now, they beat Roy 34-20. to Big win for them to beat Fred Fernandez's team, but Davis sits atop Region 1 with an un- unblemished record in, in region play so far. That's pretty impressive for the darts. Yeah, 4-0 record for the darts. Um, and maybe just as surprising is you've got this pack right underneath them. Mm-hmm. It's just another Region 1 race where you've got 4-0 Davis, uh, followed by three teams tied at 3-1 in Syracuse, Weber, and Fremont. Syracuse, obviously, uh, much of the talk of Region 1 for a while, taking their first loss of the year. That loss Correct. to rival Fremont go- might be a really, really big deal in their uh, their quest for a region title. 
And if nothing else, Region 1 is showing the parity that we've seen in previous years. Maybe we'll have to have our good friend GFOP, uh, Patrick Carr from the Standard Examiner on to examine this Region 1 we race will. again. Because I think this is going to be another one that goes down right down to the final day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sean, let's also talk about an interesting result I thought that kind of it restored order, I guess is the easiest way to say it in Region 3. East 41, Copper Hills 0. Uh, Copper Hills had a good start to the season, but I think this shows that, okay, maybe they were a little bit of a paper tiger there, feasted on some lesser competition, and East went in there and really showed them what's what. Yeah, and meanwhile, East comes in with a... Uh, uh barely above 500 yeah record. they've, they've I been mean, playing kind scuffling of, along a yeah, little bit playing a hodgepodge of teams from from idaho california mm-hmm. um just traveling all over the place actually most of these teams came too easy yeah, but this year but traveling travel yeah, yeah traveling quote unquote um in terms of the box score but i i think east is showing itself like i mentioned before with the bingham to be still one of those teams to be in this redefined realigned um region three and a 41 nothing a 41 nothing win to open region three play against copper hills is a really really nice confidence booster i think for the leopards heading into this next week's game against bingham which we'll talk about in our final segment yeah absolutely all right sean in region four of course we mentioned corner canyon at the top of this podcast they're still in a class of their own they absolutely crush pleasant Grove 47 to 14 i'm not sure what other superlatives we can say other than corner canyon really really good yeah, Corner Canyon is great. Uh, certainly, num- number one team in six A. They're they're just that good. I mean, everything that we said about Bingham before yes. at the top of this podcast, what they've been, what they've proven to be, mm-hmm. what they've built to be uh, through John Lamborn and his predecessor uh, Dave Peck before him. I think Eric Hare's building that right now in Draper as well. Yeah. Um, this team is just loaded with so many weapons. Dropping down a little bit in that same region, though, mm-hmm. one one result that kind of surprised me a little bit, Jake. How about Skyridge 45, American Fork 34? I wanted to bring that up. American Fork had been off to a flying start this year. They'd been really high-flying offense, and they've been grounded a little bit. I know 34 points is nothing to sniff at, but when we're talking about what the cavemen had been doing, for Skyridge to do what they did, it's a pretty impressive result for the Falcons because they're not, they're not necessarily as talented as they have been in the past this year either. Yeah, and we uh, we talked the last couple of weeks about American for quarterback Maddox Madsen he of the all-name team of course correct in the Beehive State great quarterback himself but this game I think he was outplayed a little bit by Skyridge's Emmett Call so maybe yes. a name to keep an eye on for you there two touchdowns on the ground two through the air two another 264 yards uh passing Skyridge has got himself a got itself a quarterback all of a sudden and I'll be really really interested to see what John Lehman can do the rest of the way with the 5-0 and Falcons now as they get into the absolute meat of Region 4 play uh, home games against PG Lone Peak and then just circle it right now uh, Thursday October 10th at Corner Canyon that's going to be a big one it should be yeah um, Sean I wanted to skip to a game that you were on hand for and that is Salem Hills as they absolutely smoke Spanish Fork 52 to 7. Is Salem Hills actually for real? Salem Hills is good question mark? Oh, well, sure looks that way. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the first time they've ever been 6-0 and in school history and just blowing by competition for mm-hmm. the most part. I mean, with the exception maybe of, of that trip to Highland. Again, Highland, a very good team. One Correct. That, one that runs the ball. Brody Benson's team is, is not one to be trifled with. Uh, just a two-touchdown win over there. Just over a two-touchdown yeah, touchdown Just two win. touchdowns. Um, but, but Salem Hills is... This offense is so smooth and runs so well. When they execute right, they've got... Um, you hear about high school football teams being run-oriented or or pass-oriented or whatever, stud-wide receivers or maybe a really good offensive line or whatever. Salem Hills can do a little bit of everything. Uh, they've got two really good running backs um, and uh, and a couple of just stud-wide receivers mm-hmm. and then a uh, a quarterback in, in junior, Jared Elmer, who's a converted high school catcher. Okay, so he's a catcher for the baseball team. Sam Hill's a pretty good baseball program. Okay. Obviously, right? Yes. Um, so uh, converted catcher back there at signal caller, and he just runs that offense a lot like you would imagine a catcher does behind the plate, calling the plays, uh, being able to throw out the runner at second base. I mean, his motion even looks a little bit like a baseball player. He's really, really good. We'll maybe talk to him a little bit here later in the show um, as well. I caught up with him after that game, and uh, we, we talked with GFOP uh, Brandon Gurney of the Deseret News when the RPI rankings first came out, and everybody said, Salem Hills, number one in 5A? Yeah. Well, Salem Hills might be number one in 5A. I don't know if they're the best team uh, in that classification, but I think they have as bold of a claim as anybody else right now. Well, they legitimized their claim, too, I think, with this win. I think that kind of legitimized it. And Brandon Gurney's got some splaining to do because he did not believe in uh, Salem Hills. He's not the only one. A lot of people didn't believe in Salem Hills. Salem Hills... I'm acting like I didn't believe in... Like Mm -hmm. I believed in them. I didn't. I'll freely admit. I'm just saying we can can bag on Gurney because he's not here to defend himself. Well, and I I think Salem Hills is actually using that a little bit because they are. And and, uh, John Nielsen, their offensive tackle, actually told me this in a story for uh, KSL.com, hashtag shameless plug, Mm -hmm. um, that y'all can go out and read right now. But uh, their uh, offensive tackle... uh, uh, John Nelson, he he said that when he first got to this school, there wasn't as much of a culture in the program. Kids didn't always buy in. They didn't always believe. And they're changing that culture. Like They're actively trying to okay. make Salem Hills a football school. So maybe they're just using that as as just sort of fuel uh, um, to, to kind of increase that chip on their shoulder. And so far, it's working. All right, Sean, should we go to your favorite region of all regions? Region 9? Always Region 9, man. Always Region 9. What'd you make of what happened in Region 9 last week? Well, let's start out with Desert Hills and Cedar City, shall we? A Mm -hmm. mostly meaningless game here in the standings, but uh, 111 combined points between these two teams. Desert Hills with a 56-55 win in double overtime. Another one winning on a stop two-point conversion, I believe. Um, (laughs) This was... Wow, this was something. It was, because you don't expect Desert Hills and Cedar to put up 50-plus points. They're not the teams that you necessarily think of when you're synonymous with high-flying offenses. You think of a team like, hey, let's put it this way, Sean. If Dixie and Pineview were to play a 56-55 to double overtime thriller, I think you and I would be like, well, yeah, that's because they have high-flying offenses. That makes sense. But when you say Desert Hills and Cedar, you're like, huh? But... 
I, fun game, period. That's the, that's the end of the story right there. Yeah, before moving on, quick shout-out to Desert Hills quarterback Logan Wilstead. Uh, three touchdowns through the air, 379 yards, another 93 yards rushing, and a one-yard scamper. Uh, he's got a brother playing. He's, just, nice. he's got a brother just playing down the road at Dixie State. And speaking of Cody Wilstead, well, Dixie may be setting themselves up to have a second quarterback. Well, Willstead pipeline at, at the Division One Dixie State. Unless some other programs get involved. I, I don't know if that necessarily would change that, but it'd be interesting to see if he can carry that on. All right, Sean, um, anything else we need to touch on in your mind about last week? Any results that I have missed that I, I did not mention so far? Uh, fun one out there in Region A. I don't know how much it really matters in the end, but Wasatch Maple Mountain, Wasatch with the 24-21 win over Maple Mountain. Uh, one that they had to come from behind on again, so Maple Mountain may be showing some signs of life that uh, could be interesting to watch yep. there in Region 8. Um, let's see. We uh, Did we touch on Milford, Bryson Barnes, setting the uh, state touchdown record? Correct. Congratulations a, to him. Yeah, big congrats to him. Forty-two. More importantly, 42-24 win over Enterprise because we know Bryson. Shout out to Bryson, but he's all about the team. He wants to give his guys credit over his own. So state record setting quarterback over there, but his team just won, so that's maybe more important. And the top point output for a team this week, Sean, we're going to San Juan. The Bronx, 70 points in a 70-28 blowout of South Severe in Region 12 action. Congrats to San Juan. Sean Nielsen, five touchdown passes. Yeah. And then ran for another just because. Pretty impressive work there. All right, anything else before we take our first time out on today's show, Sean Walker? Looking forward to another week of high school football. Oh, wait, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. We're going to we're gonna catch up with John Nelson as well as Jarrett Elmer in the next segment. Let's hear from the stars from Salem Hills. Team that is really looking to legitimize themselves and really be a contender in the 5A ranks. We'll get to all of that next right here on the Utah Prep Zone, presented to you by our good friends at John Watson Chevrolet. This is the Utah Preps Zone Podcast. I'm Jay Catch. He is Sean Walker. Thanks again for joining us. All right, interview time. Sean was on hand last week at Salem Hills to talk with two of their standout players. Speaking of Jarrett Elmer as well as John Nelson, star quarterback, and uh, also the star left tackle. Nelson's actually getting some Division One attention from local colleges, right? Uh, I heard he had an offer from BYU. His recruitment's kind of cooled down a little bit. You would know a little bit more in that regard. As I know he's the got the offer from BYU. Of uh, the greatest BYU podcast on the internet Ooh, that you can plug right that. now. Yeah. Thank you. Locked on uh, Cougars. You can check it out. It's available everywhere. This podcast is available. Yeah, go download it right now. Uh, actually, you're probably listening to it already if you listen to Jake on this show. So who am I kidding? <laughs> who knows? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you can maybe you can maybe confirm that to me a little bit. But I know he got an offer from BYU a little while I ago. I believe it's still Active, Idaho yeah. State has been poking around him um, a little bit lately as well, okay. but he's got a brother who uh, who plays basketball at Dixie State, played NAIA hoops before that. Um, so uh, I I don't know what his what John's recruitment looks like much beyond there, but this is a guy he's six three and two hundred. He's at least 225 pounds, um, if not a little bigger. My neck was actually hurting by the time I was done talking to him because I had to look up at him. Of hey. course. Yeah, you sit across from me every week. You know that's not really much of a struggle because I'm about five foot one. Oh, what five um, one? Give yourself some credit. Okay, you're I'm like, a, you're I'm at least five four. You're at least I'm five five. Four. Five. Come I'm on, five four. All right. <laughs> um, but uh, 
yeah, so so John Nielsen, great player, uh, great offensive lineman, probably projects as a defensive end the, at the next level, though, just because of his size and quickness and, and overall speed. Um, and then uh, Jared Elmer, only a junior, so his recruiting really hasn't picked up that much. Like I mentioned before in the last segment, he's a converted baseball player, mm-hmm. but I expect this kid to be getting some serious looks this next spring because he's... The, about the only thing that he lacks right now is size. Okay. Um, I think he's about like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, he's not huge by any means, uh-huh. um, but I do hear he maybe still has a little bit of growth spurt so he can grow a little bit, but he's got the arm, he's got the speed, he's got the quickness, and he's just smart. He knows where to get the ball, what plays to call, um, and how to take care of the football to, to not... He's only thrown two interceptions on the year. Okay. Um which I think is as much of a trademark of a good quarterback in high school as anything else. So, yeah, uh, two really good players for Salem Hills that I think you guys will enjoy listening to as they talk about just how they're, they're trying to turn around a school that's been known the past couple of years for baseball and a couple of basketball state titles. And, and Port even, Augustin. Um, yeah, Port Augustin, obviously, a couple of years ago. And they're trying to make a veritable football program. All right, so let's start off here with John Nelson, start left tackle for Salem Hills right here on Utah Preps Zone. I know you guys don't like to focus on records too much. Yeah. But you guys just won your sixth straight game yeah. here to start your senior season. Yeah. I think it's the best start you guys have had in school history. Yeah, what, it is. Just what's it mean to be 6-0 and now that you can kind of look back on it and realize, like, wow, we're, we're, we're doing something that's kind of been, been unheard of before, I guess, yeah, in Salem Hills. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to focus on every single week. And uh, to be 6-0, and you know, we we expected that from the very start. We're trying to win. We're trying to turn this whole program around, and it just feels like you're a part of history when we're, we're playing every single game. And you know, you know, it's just we've never had this before. We're trying to turn we're trying to turn our school into a football school, into a blue blood football school. Trying to get trying to turn this around, and we're trying to turn you know South Utah County into a football school again, a, a, a football football part of the state again. For sure. Yeah. Um, you're trying to turn Salem into a football school, uh-huh. and yet you've got a pretty good baseball player back there at signal caller. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, at quarterback. Just, just, what What is it about Jared that makes him uh, so good? I guess, for lack of a better term, makes, such, makes such him such a confident quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a. Uh, He's he's calling under pressure. He's uh he plays catcher in baseball. I mean he can't lose his cool. <laughs> he plays you know he plays catcher in baseball. He can't lose his cool. He's uh he's calm and collected and you know he's got a good attitude. He's got he's got good body language and you know he doesn't let things get to his head and we we keep protecting. He keeps throwing the ball. So the quarterback obviously is only as good as his offensive line though, right? right? Yeah. What 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 do you guys do to be just so cohesive? I guess I think I only saw like one or two penalties out there from you guys on that line. I mean, how do you guys just kind of stay together and stick together and, and really protect your quarterback, have a really good run game? I mean, Jordan was doing all right tonight, too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. How, do, how do you guys just stick together and, and kind of yeah, lead so, that offense? So we, uh, I always, we always talk to each other after practice, and every single time after practice, I lead the channel with team within the team. So we're, we're a unit, you know, on and off the field. And, you know, we support each other. And I know these dudes playing next to me are nasty dogs. You know, they're going to finish plays. I love them to death. And it's just the team within the team. We're we're special, you know. Uh, we got three seniors that played last year, and we got we have a freshman and a returning starter in the left guard, you know. So we're just we're just we're just on and off the field. We're the team within the team. 
I noticed on every one of your guys' pants you got family down the side. Mm-hmm. What does that word mean in regards to this team? How much of a family is this team? Uh, I feel like we're a really, really tight family. We've had a lot of returning starters from last year, so a lot of these guys got experience, and we know we know how to talk to each other when things are down, right? We know we know how to coach each other up. The coaches know how to coach, coach us up, and it's just it's just week in, week out, you know. Every single practice, we're, we're laughing around, having a good time, but we know we know what's up when 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 games and practice got to get serious. So we got good chemistry. We've been playing we've been playing together for a long time. Speaking of family, and I'll get you out of here on this so that you can celebrate yeah. this yeah. one. This is a big yeah. win for you. But yeah. are, are you uh, part of the the infamous? Uh, Nelson family here in Salem Hills, the basketball playing family. Yeah, I think I covered a couple of your older siblings. Yeah, the basketball bunch. Yeah, right? yeah, they're yeah they're basketball. So yeah, my brother won state in basketball, and yeah. and what you what you guys probably don't know is I have an older brother who went to school in Idaho and he won a state championship in basketball. So we so we got to win state in football. That's a good thing. Do you play basketball too, or? Yeah, well, I stopped I stopped after my sophomore year. You know, I, I try and kind of focus on football. I'm not as, I'm not as tall as the rest of them, but you know. So that's why you got to win state yeah, though, yeah. because you got to do what you do. Yeah. So thanks once again to Salem Hills Tackle, uh, John Nelson there probably, like I said, projects as a defensive end at the next level. Um, That was a really fun interview. Really good. Just, I mean, really, he's just lively. Um, He's part of the famed Nelson clan. His his brother, uh, um, James, Jim. Mm -hmm. James, I think he goes by James, James now. Yeah. Um, won a state title a couple of years ago with the Skyhawks, if you if you remember right. Um, and uh, John's just got personality. He's got really good personality. I'd love to see him stay local to play college ball, maybe up the road in Provo. Wouldn't be too far away from home. So Wouldn't be bad. We'll see what happens there. Get on it, Eliza. All right, Sean, and now let's talk with star quarterback Jarrett Elmer. Uh, you you had a chance to catch up with him, so here you go. Jarrett Elmer, Salem Hills quarterback on the Utah Prep Zone. I'm here with uh, Jarrett Elmer. Jarrett 1T, right? Yes, correct. Jarrett Elmer, Salem Hills quarterback. Uh, you guys just barely, went, just barely moved to 6-0 on the year. How does that feel? feels great. I mean, one of our things every week is go 1-0. We don't, we don't focus on anything in the future. We only focus on the 1-0 this week. We only focus on the team this week. We don't focus on anything else. It feels great to be 6-0. This one, The 1-0 this week coming in. Uh, 52 to 52 to seven there against Spanish Fork, a team that you guys know really well. Really well. I don't know if rivalry is the right word to use for it, but it seems like you guys are so close. You know each other really well. Is there a little bit of a rivalry here, and and, and do you kind of? feel a little bit does the win mean a little bit more maybe because of that other school um with this with these two teams together we uh we always we, we've always played these guys since we're always little we've always been playing each other no matter what sport so we know the people at Spanish Park really well there's a great rivalry here and we've played both played a great game um, I know you guys are just focused game by game, one one game at a time, one week at a time. That's obviously a, a key to this start that you guys are on. Um, but coming into the season, did you have a feeling that you you had a pretty good team coming in here that that you guys could be pretty good? Because I know you go through you go through some spring ball and some summer workouts and that kind of thing. Did you feel like this team could be something special? Absolutely. My line is fantastic. I have no words for my my line. I very much appreciate them. Our defense is fantastic. In my 
my opinion, we have a pretty dang good defense. I know our offense keeps rolling. Our defense keeps us in every game. I think we're a pretty good team right here. Well, you got a secondary there that picked off Spanish Fork, I think it was three times, four if you want to count the certain uh, pitch hitting call right there. But, but that's obviously a pretty good defense. Does that help you as a quarterback to know, like, hey, these guys got my back right yeah. here? When these, when these people have my back, I know no matter what, they'll do anything for me, and I'll do anything for them when they have my back. Let's talk about 6-0 for one quick second because it is here. It's accomplished. You guys are in sort of uncharted territory right now for Salem Hills. I think this is the best start in uh, in program history and school history. Do you realize, Do you guys realize like you're kind of making that history, or are you are you cool? I guess with making school history like that and to keep winning like this. <laughs> Our team doesn't really focus on anything like that. We just want to focus on playing the sport we love, and no matter what we do, we don't really focus on that stuff. But when it comes to our minds, we just keep it and don't really be cocky or anything about that. We stay humble and focus on the game we love. Game you love. I understand this isn't the only game you love. You're also a pretty good baseball player? Some would say, yeah. <laughs> what position do you play? I'm a catcher. What, uh, how does how what you did, what, what you... Because um, I think I watched you a little bit with with uh, with baseball last year. How does baseball help you here on the gridiron, especially as a quarterback? I mean, it's got to help your arm strength and what and whatnot, right? Yeah, catching helps my mental game be strong because being a catcher is always hard in hot weather or no matter what. Because balls be in the dirt, balls be high. Throwing down to second helps my quarterback arm a lot, and just being strong mentally can help me on the football field a lot. Jared Elmer, quarterback of the Salem Hills High School football team. You're obviously the big man on campus. It's QB1 right there. Um, but I know you like to talk about your team. We have this thing that we do on our podcast called Dude Alerts, um, where we just like to shout out just some absolute dudes around the state. Who are some of the dudes on the Salem Hills team um, that, that you'd shout out if you could? Like I said, anybody on my offensive line, John Nelson, James Leota, Derek Rolfe, uh, Grant Barney, John Nelson, my running backs, Jordan Ware, Sam Hughes, my receivers, everybody's great. Reed Johnson, Austin Hallows, Jake Muter, everybody on this team is just a great player all around. How long have you been playing with some of those guys? Some of these guys, well, I moved to Salem my freshman year. Okay. So I've played against them when I was little, and... So I've known some of them. I've only played with yeah. some of them for two, maybe three years. Where'd you move in from? I moved from Payson. Not from Payson? Too, yeah, not too Oh, so you were literally like yeah, lining yeah. up against them in youth right. leagues and whatnot. Yeah. Um, is it a little bit little bit nicer having them on your team than yeah. playing against them? Uh, these kids are great. I absolutely love these guys. These guys are some of my best friends, not, not only on the field, in school, off, off the field, no matter where we're at. These people are great. What was working for you so well tonight against Spanish Fork? My line did a great job blocking for me. I had lots of time. My running backs had my back blocking as well. I knew I could throw the ball to any of my receivers, and they would go catch it for me. Pretty good win, pretty big win tonight against Spanish Fork. Team, obviously, you guys know well. School, you know well. People, families, you know well, that kind of thing. You got another big one next week in Springville. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you know about them and, and kind of that series, I guess? Springville is kind of the same way as Spanish Fork. We've played against them a lot, and we know kind of how they play and what they do. We're focused really hard this next week on Springville. 
tackles. Bring our best, and I'll bring their best, and we'll see who comes out on top. But you'll enjoy this one tonight? Yes, I will. What's what's the uh, usual uh, Elmer family victory celebration? I just go home, give my mom a big hug, tell her thanks for all of her support. <laughs> Just love my family. No, they do everything for me. And go take an ice bath at home. Awesome. Jared Elmer, Salem Hills QB1, and also a mama's boy. Yes, you're, you're right. I am. That was the glue of the Utah Prep Zone podcast, Jared Elmer, Salem Hills quarterback ha, one. Ha, 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 you see what ha, I did there? I'm going to insert a laugh track into this after in post-edit. <laughs> That was good, though. I, I think you should leave that part in, too. Oh, we're leaving that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Elmer's glue, really good quarterback, really fun interview. I'm I'm just glad. I'm grateful, Jake, in high school football because sometimes we get too bogged down in recruiting rankings and who's a four-star and who's a five-star and yeah. where does this kid play at the next level. We don't stop to think that high school football can just be a lot of fun with a lot of fun people and a lot of fun personalities. Um, these Skyhawks are, are fun. They're, yeah. they're just a bunch of fun kids, good kids, really bringing the community together. Uh, J- Jared Elmer's definitely one of them, but like I mentioned before, I expect his recruiting uh, to blow up a little bit this spring. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. So thanks to both John Nelson and Jared Elmer for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, well, we have interviews each week, and I think you're right, John. He's in the first segment. We probably need to catch up with Patrick Cartock, Region 1. Maybe we can do that on next week's podcast. But, of course, we'll bring you interviews with the people who know this sport inside and out and are the experts on it. So... Let's take a time out here, Sean. We'll come back and let's look ahead to this coming week. How about that? Let's do. All right, let's do it. This is the Utah Prep Zone podcast brought to you by John Watson Chevrolet up there in Ogden. Of course, they sponsor the Utah uh, Northern High School, Northern Utah High School Player of the Week Award. If I can get that out of my mouth, my big fat mouth here. Well, this week we actually went to Leighton Christian with the award. So congratulations, LCA, getting the award uh, for their win over Rich last week. Congratulations. Uh, I'm, now I'm struggling with the name. The kid's name I forgot already. Of course, I had it ready to go and I look it up. Uh, Coulter Wheelwright. That's who it is. Coulter Wheelwright. He p- tossed two touchdowns and ran for two more in LCA's 26-12 win over Rich. So congratulations to Coulter Wheelwright. The John Watson Chevrolet Northern Utah High School football player of the week award winner for this week of course check out john watson's incredible lineup of chevys up there in ogden you can go online to johnwatsonchevy.com or of course you can stop in at their stores and check out their lineup there more in a moment this is the utah prep zone podcast Final segment of the podcast this week, Sean. Let's look ahead to this week's action. And Thursday night, we get a good one right off the bat. Yeah, if you had told me just one, two, three weeks ago, I'll say, Mm -hmm. that Weber and Fremont would be maybe the best game, certainly in Region 1, and maybe the best game in, in half the state um, this week, I probably would have called you crazy. Well... But after starting the year 0-3, the Silver Wolves are 3-1 in Region 1 play, tied for second in the league, um, and they're tied for second in the league with the two-time defending champs. There that you is go. the Weber Warriors. Yeah. So obviously this is a really big game. Weber at Fremont. Um, 
you can go follow our friend Patrick Carr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Carr with the underscore. At the end. Yeah, don't forget the underscore there on Twitter because he's got some hot fire takes and uh, hashtag content for you to prepare you really well for this one. But this is a game that I'm looking forward to, Jake. Yeah, it should be a fun game. That I'm excited for that. There's actually two other games on the slate on Thursday night in Region 6. Cottonwood at Highland, Hillcrest at Murray. I think both the home teams win here. Yeah, probably not going on on much of a limb there. <laughs> All right, then let's move on to Friday here, Sean. Uh, let's start off. I actually wanted to mention uh, one game that I think is going to be very interesting, staying in Region 1, and that's Syracuse and Davis. Um, yeah, another, I mean, another big one. When you've got, I mean, when you've got three teams that are tied for second in the league and another two teams that are right behind him, yeah. then... Um, <laughs> then obviously you're going to have a couple of games that'll probably decide the shakeup of the region. Um, but this is another one that I think is going to go down to the final week. And so, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how real Davis is, I think, again, to see if they can come off of of a uh, of that big win last week against Roy and then rebound against the Titans team that I think got stunned a little bit. They last did. week by Fremont. Yeah. Um, it's a rivalry game. You know what we do with those rivalry games. We Toss throw, the records out the window. We throw those records right out the window there, Syracuse and Fremont. So so, uh, so going into Davis, one does not just march into Davis and expect an easy win. I don't think Syracuse is doing that yeah. uh, either. And uh, so this will be a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned this in the first segment of today's podcast, though. East at Bingham, big time matchup in Region Three. We mentioned two of these these two programs, not necessarily at the height of their powers. We've seen them in past years, but both of them still plenty talented, and this should produce a pretty good game once again. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't really have anything more to add. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right, Sean, uh, let's move on here and talk about some of these other games going on in the lower classifications. Uh, looking at Lehigh at Timview on Friday night, Lehigh has sh- shown that they're a pretty good team. Creighton Cooper, of course, really good quarterback, and Timview, to their credit. They haven't won pretty at points this year, but they've been plenty talented, and this should be a good one in Region 7. Yeah, Timview coming in with an absolutely brutal non-conference schedule, I think put a lot of a lot of people down on the Thunderbirds, wondering if they just weren't what they normally are. And and they're probably not. They're they're super young. They're still rebuilding. Uh, they got a quarterback in Elijah Allen who who's got some talent, he's thrown for over 1,100 yards on the year, but he's he still makes a couple of kind of those first time starter mistakes. Yes. Um, you can, you can tell he's not always used to the varsity level. Um, but he's got a couple of stud running backs with him in Targi Lamson and Sione Moa there who, who take a little bit of help off of him. And obviously the man, the myth, the legend, your nephew, Raider to Mooney, um, who can get a lot of work done. My so, nephew. <laughs> so Tim Few and Lehigh, this is probably the, the, the de facto. There are no official region title games, so that's why yeah. I've got to say de facto. But this is a region seven title game, right? Yeah, probably. Whoever wins this has the inside track at winning the region title. Absolutely. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, and you got to think that Lehigh, after they get through this one, mm-hmm. um, if they can get through this one, um, 
then uh, the next date they have circled on the calendar isn't until that season finale at home against Orem. Yeah, so that'd be interesting to see what happens with that. All right, Sean, let's skip over to Region 8. Big-time game here in the 5A ranks. Salem Hills, who we have heard a lot about on today's podcast, they're on the road at Springville. I think this one has some major implications for just not only the region, but two teams who kind of aspire to be power players in 5A. Yeah, Jake, I spent a lot of time on this one talking about uh, Jared Elmer, the quarterback at Salem Hills, who, if you guys missed the last segment, which I don't know how you did because it's a podcast. You skipped but, ahead. Yeah, go and rewind that. Uh, fantastic interview there. But uh, this this is the part of the schedule where I think Salem Hills will really be tested if they, they want to prove that number one RPI ranking and that possible Region 8 contender status. Because up to this point, they've done what they had to do. All you can do really is beat the teams that are in front of you. Yeah. Um, this week... At Springville and then home to Provo next week, I think, is, is where Salem Hill's season will ultimately be defined. And this is a good definition game, I think, for the Red Devils as well, coming in with only one loss on the year. They bounced back last week, um, sorry, from two weeks ago with their loss to Provo by going on the road and shutting out uh, region rival Payson 49 to nothing. So good bounce back win for the Red Devils. Um, and if there are two names that you need to remember in this one, all right, I'm just going to give you two names. Okay. Um, you've got uh, Springville quarterback Peyton Murphy. Okay. And his favorite target, you probably know right where I'm going with this one, Austin Mortensen. Yeah. Um, Murphy's thrown for 16 touchdowns on the year. 13 of them have gone to Mortensen. Yeah, that's a pretty prolific yeah. connection. So, yeah. So uh, these two, I mean, they grew up together. They're, they're childhood friends. They played multiple sports together. Mm-hmm. Both play basketball, I believe. So obviously they've got that built-in chemistry together. As these two go, I think the Springville team is going to go. And if they if they want any chance of knocking off Salem Hills and stunning this this prolific stop start by the Skyhawks, I think it starts with those two. All right, Sean, uh, let's skip down to Region 9. We mentioned the, the barn burner that was between Desert Hills and Cedar last week. Well, we could have another this week because we mentioned if these two teams were to match up, you wouldn't be surprised by that score line. Dixie at Pineview. Get ready for some points, y'all. Yeah, whatever this one is, take the over. Yeah. <laughs> take <laughs> the over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we've talked a lot about Dixie on this podcast, and so I don't know if we need to talk about them much more. I don't know, unless you want to say no, something about Dixie too much. Um, but keep an eye on McLeod Crow, and BYU fans probably know that last name a little bit. Uh, I believe this is the uh, son of former BYU head coach. So it was Gary's Gary son and not, and not his grandson? I, think, I assumed it was his grandson. I think it's, I think it's his youngest son, Okay, I believe, All uh, right. born during his time in Provo. He was born around the time that he was that uh, Gary was the head coach okay. in Provo. I, I, I just so. assumed it was his grandson. So That's I just I think me. it's his youngest son, okay. but uh, either way, he's a player. He's a player. He's a crow, and he's thrown for 2,200 yards on the year, uh, 24 touchdowns with just eight interceptions. Uh-huh. Um, he is the key that makes this Pineview offense run. Obviously, yeah. he's more than just a coach's boy or offensive coordinator's boy, I guess, in this case. Um it, yeah, I mean, Pineview runs a little bit of a kind of an air raidy type offense. Nobody really runs an air raid in high school football, but but they're probably about as close as you can get. And coming in off of a 45-31 win over Snow Canyon, I think a lot of people expect them to be a contender with Dixie right now in Region 9. So we'll see if, I mean, 
this one might be for all the marbles. Yeah, absolutely. You know who we should have on to he can answer that question about McLeod Croton's re- relation to Gary? Devin Dixon. That's another guy we need to have on the podcast. Covers Region 9 football like nobody else down there at ESPN 97.7 down there in St. George. Devin, I know you listen. Call us. I know. Let us know, Devin. All right, Sean, let's go to Region 10 here in the 4A ranks. Two teams that gaudy records, both undefeated on the season. This one is for all the marbles in Region 10. But it's also two teams. I think they're trying to legitimize themselves in the eyes Stansbury of the people. Stansbury Ben Lomond. Oh, come on. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. No. Park City at Mountain View. Both of them 6-0 and on the year. Uh, both prolific offenses have had their moments on defense as well. I think the winner of this is really going to legitimize themselves in the eyes of most of the media, but also probably legitimize themselves almost personally with a win in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take care of Mountain View, your beloved alma mater. I think you still got a brother that plays for that team. Starting left tackle, Grant Hatch, number 50. Keep an eye out for him. He's a player. He's a much better player than his, than his older brother. No doubt. The, the, I, I have no problem giving him that title. No problem. By the I'm, way, Sean, biggest game of the Bruin Bowl. And let's see. We played. So I was a senior at Mountain View in 04 when we played the Tim View team that had Harvey Unga, Stephen Covey, Luke Ashworth, and Matt Reynolds. That's an okay team. Yeah, that it's the biggest game since then. Whoa, we need some sort of big play. So sound what? To play Fifteen here. years since we've had this big of a game at the Bruin Bowl. It's gonna be. It's a big time, big stakes contest. It's been a while, but you know what? If there's a big player who rises up in big games, um, I think you can look no further than Park City's own Jack Skidmore. Yeah. Quarterback thrown for 899 yards with 13 touchdowns on the year. Does a really nice job of managing this Miners offense. Gets gets the ball out to a lot of different weapons. He's got one, two, three different 100-plus um, yard rushers on the team. Another 300-yard receivers on the team, plus a fourth Dylan Baller, who's right at the cusp of that 100-yard mark right there. So, he, right there. so he's got a plethora of options. He knows how to manage that game really well. Um, and I think he's the difference for Park City if they want to pick up this We'll, we'll say it again, de facto Region 10 championship game Yeah, and Mountain View. His counter for Mountain View is Deuce Anderson, a true dual-threat quarterback. He's got 1,405 yards on the year, Sean. Four, 15 touchdowns is just five interceptions. He's also carried the ball 47 times, 405 yards and seven touchdowns. So 22 touchdowns accounted for for Mountain View. The other guy to keep an eye on in this for Mountain View is Ben Mella. Top target. 22 receptions, 445 yards, and six touchdowns. Only averages 20 yards per reception. Not a bad number. So, big game there at the Bruin Bowl. Don't shortchange my man Ben Mella. 20.23. Okay, 20.23. Anyways, and David Heron just behind, just ahead of him, 24.92 on the season. So, are you implying that the kicker is also a really good receiver? He's been pretty awesome so far this season. He's a pretty good kicker too. He is, so. absolutely. Alright Sean, um, one final note from me, I'll let you weigh in with any other games you want to mention here, but an interesting note in Region 13. Morgan is supposed to play at Judge Memorial this Friday. Patrick Carr, who we've mentioned multiple times on this podcast today, he's kind of been the ace reporter on this. The game has been cancelled and will not be made up. Officially though, Sean, according to Morgan's AD, it will be a forfeit. Morgan will improve to 6-0 on the season. They'll have a second bye week now. Judge Memorial asked for the game to be canceled due to a lack of varsity level players, according to the to, to, according to people at Judge Memorial. 
Yeah, you you hate to see programs that get run down so much where they can't field an adequate team. Unfortunately, sometimes it happens. So yeah, yeah. so by rule, Morgan takes this one. Uh, by forfeit, you just feel bad for those kids who don't get a game this Friday night when they thought they did. But yeah, it's a second bye week. You don't want to do that because most time in high school football, you actually don't have many bye weeks. Period, but have two in one season. It, it makes it for it, it, it's not a bad thing per se, but it's just it's unfortunate because these guys look forward to every Friday night playing a game. Yeah, sets up a really big one though next week, uh, and maybe Morgan can can jump ahead and get the scouting report on a little bit uh, for uh, next week's game against Juan Diego, and then at South Summit. Yeah, well, maybe the region title game right there. Yeah, as well. All right, Sean. Any other games you need to mention before we get out of here in your mind? Uh no, I know you got to catch a flight for Detroit so that you can make it to Toledo this Saturday morning. No, so uh, I'll let you go early. And uh, I cover one BYU game on the road. And you travel traveling BYU beat reporter Jacob oh, Hatch over here, break. everybody. Re- He's reminder, trying to be modest. But Locked on Cougars, the podcast. Check it out every day. Your BYU insider. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, Sean. Well, that'll do it for me. I think that'll do it for you. You're over there giggling as you've put me on the spot, but I appreciate it as always. Thanks to everyone who supports the podcast. Please follow us on all major podcatchers. Toss a good, toss us a good rating and review. It helps get the word out about the podcast. These podcatchers, they have those algorithms that if they start seeing people liking and commenting about the podcast, guess what? They promote it in their own uh, form and fashion. So check us out. Thanks in advance for your continued support of the show. We are brought to you by our good friends at John Watson Chevrolet. Check out their all their great lineup of vehicles up there in Ogden or go online and check them out as well. Yeah, ratings and reviews are always appreciated, Jake. Just like uh, this one from super fan of the show, Dante, who says, love the pod, big fan of Morgan, why y'all don't talk about them? Oh, sorry. Nope. I didn't mean to read. Sorry. Nope. My bad. Uh, we're not going to get the Trojans any more firepower than they need right now. Um, but yeah, ratings and reviews, always appreciated. It does help us out. And we'll give you shout outs on the, on the podcast for doing it. Absolutely. We're not afraid to do that. All right, John, any parting shots or wisdom from you? As always, be excellent to each other. Have a good one, guys. This has been the Utah Prep Zone Podcast. Party on, dude.